Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you will receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And they came again to Jerusalem. And as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him. And they said to him, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do these things? And Jesus answered and said to them, I will ask you one question, then answer me. And I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. They reasoned among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, then why did not you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people, for all counted John to have been a prophet indeed. So they answered and said to Jesus, we do not know. And Jesus answered and said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. We've been making our way through uh, the worship and prayer series, Dovetail Together, and Heather last week spoke on the heart of worship. Well, today, as she said, I want to speak on, the, um, on authority prayer, which in many ways is the heart of praying. I think it's one of the most important aspects to prayer and praying, because when we know and walk in the authority we have in Jesus, anything and everything is possible. But there are caveats we need to be aware of, if you like, paradoxes that we need to be wise to. In short, when it comes to authority, we've been given by Jesus. We cannot be careless or ignorant, both of our understanding, but also our activation as we pray. A number of times, Jesus says to us statements like, ask and you'll be given, seek and you'll find. That's good, just checking you're awake. <laughs> Matthew 7, 7. In this passage, he says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. And even the Lord's prayer, when we say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. You know, these are big statements. They're big decrees. They're powerful prayers. And yet we see in the, the gospel, the disciples who were with Jesus 24-7, they were in a storm and they couldn't calm it. They had thousands of people who were hungry and they could not feed them. And even when Jesus sent them out with his authority, whoa, when he sent them out with his authority, they couldn't heal, heal the boy with epilepsy in Mark chapter 11. How we can relate to this I mean, how many times have we stepped into the authority we believe we have in Jesus' name and prayed and we prayed and we prayed some more and either not witnessed the healing or seen the transformation or had the answer to prayer that we've longed for? Is it just me? Any other hands? 
I think it's all of us. And you know there's an issue and a challenge that we're living with attention whenever we pray. And the tension is between, if you like, truth, reality. The tension is between promise and the outworking, practical outworking. It's between the faith in the promises that we read in Scripture and the doubt that crouches at the door, especially every time we step out to move the mountains, to heal the sick, and to see lives saved. It's, it's there for us. It's real. And yet, by the grace of God, there's a third dynamic to this. And that is authority, the authority we have been given by Jesus. What is authority, and what does authority prayer mean for us? Well, in a worldly sense, authority is the exercise of power, control, influence, and force. And as we see and have seen throughout history, it can be manifest in brutality and cruelty. We're seeing that today in Ukraine. It's authority to be served. But kingdom authority is different. Firstly, there's no limit or boundary in terms of God's authority. He's all-powerful. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And if we want a reminder of this, just read Genesis chapter 1. One word and creation came into being. But secondly, in the kingdom of God, authority is the exercise not of power, but of grace. Authority in the kingdom of God is the exercise of grace. It's the authority to serve and not be served. It's a gift that is given by revelation and received by faith. We can't earn it or demand it, and we can't say we're entitled to it. One of my favorite passages in Scripture, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children, that we may do the works of the law. Which means for us, when it comes to praying, there, I've made this easy for you, okay? There are three things, okay? Who's rejoicing there are not 51 things? Okay, yeah. There are three things we need to know and understand and activate. Number one, say number one. We don't have all authority, only Jesus does. Number two, number two. The authority we have is measured by what we are given. And and number three, three. The authority we have grows as we grow in faith. And I just want to briefly touch on it. And how long have I got to do that? Don't know. Okay, okay. Ten minutes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Number one, the authority we have, sorry, all authority belongs to Jesus. We don't have all authority. Matthew 28, 18, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples. Colossians 2, 10, I'm going to test you later. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. And there are many other passages that I could quote. I would say we know this. We know this truth. But I think sometimes when we pray, and certainly for myself, I think we forget or even doubt the reality that all authority really does belong to Jesus. It's so easy for us, isn't it, to get caught up in a worldly mindset in our prayer life. 
And we place constraints upon our expectations when we pray. And even I've heard people say, God is not going to hear or answer my prayers. That is not true. It is a lie. We need to remember the truth. There is never a time when God's authority is lacking. (laughs) More, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I can't dance, so I don't know why I even try. there's (laughs) There's never a time when God's authority is lacking. There's never a time when it's weakened. There's never a time when God's authority is under threat. Do we hear that? In our weakness, we may question his timing to answered prayer. And I know I have. But we should never undermine or question his authority. Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth. And in the Father's perfect timing, one day, as we sang earlier, every knee will bow before him and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Philippians 2. And we pray that more people will do this from a place of worship rather than a place of judgment. And that's why the call in our lives to go and make disciples, to see the lost saved. And the prayer is, Lord, have mercy on our world. But the truth here. Jesus has all authority. Just say this with me. All authority belongs to Jesus. All authority belongs to Jesus. Just let that sink into your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Because it leads into the second point. The authority we have is measured by what we're given. I think it's really important to understand this. You know, God loves everyone equally. I used to love the old um, M&S advert, exclusively for everyone. Whoever wrote that, genius, brilliant. But it's gospel truth. This is how God sees us. He loves us equally. But in the body of Christ, the church, he has given us different parts to play. Romans 12, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. And then 1 Corinthians 12, and different gifts as the Holy Spirit determines. Again, it's important for us to see this with kingdom eyes, not worldly lenses. You see, in the world, hierarchies hierarchies are created and celebrated. Value judgments are made by comparisons, comparing what we have, what we own, what we do, what we succeed in, and all of those things. Jesus challenged these judgment calls. He challenged the hypocrisy that he saw in the religious leaders. He challenged the self-promotion that he saw amongst the political influencers. He challenged the self-sufficiency that he witnessed in the wealthy. He called to himself the broken, the hurting, the marginalized, and the poor. As he says to Zacchaeus, the son of man came to seek and save the lost. And it was to the lost who he saved that he releases his authority to go and make disciples of all nations. And if our lives are without Jesus, we are lost. It is only in him that we find salvation, purpose, and our destiny. And into this, 
for each of us. We're given a God-given measure of authority with which to stand firm in faith, with which to pray and intercede, with which to battle the powers of darkness where he's given us that authority over. For example, in the parable of the talents, Matthew 25, a story Jesus tells of a master who entrusts his property to the servants. We see a measure of authority that is released to each of them. To one he gives five, to the other two, to another one. The one he gives five to, he doesn't give the five to because he is a superior human being. It's not because he was better or anything to do with that. This is simply how the master ordained it to be. God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. The story of the centurion in Matthew 8 whose faith Jesus highly commends. He was not in charge of a legion, which composed of 6,000 men. He knew that he was a leader amongst 60 other cohorts. And he knew the measure of authority he had was over 100 men. And yet from that place of knowing his identity, who he was, his authority, if you like, He could see a greater authority in Jesus had over sickness and disease. And so he says to Jesus, you just need to say the word and my servant be healed. And he was healed. I think it's we need to value the measure of authority that we've been given by the Lord when it comes to praying. I learned this so powerfully when we were going through all the troubles up the road, up at St. Lawrence with that building project. You know, for six months I was attacked criticized weekly, if not daily. We had to involve the police at times because of the abuse that was held against me and what was going on. It really was an unpleasant time. It felt like people were chucking stones through our windows every single day. And we could sense this growing divisive spirit at work over St. Lawrence. And the month before that parish meeting, the eventful parish meeting, uh, just in God's timing, we were on retreat in America. And I remember saying to Heather on the plane, okay, I'm not coming back. Bless her. And we worshipped that whole journey. The honest answer was I was tired, I was exhausted, I was broken. I was very grateful for your prayers, by the way, as well. But you know, we were in Raleigh, and there were two ministry ministry sessions that we were offered. And in them, I was reminded of if you like, who I was and the role that God had given me, rector of the parish, spiritual father of this parish. And in these ministry sessions, with the help and the encouragement, I started to step into the authority that God had given me. Rather than step back, as so often we do, step into that place and start decreeing over the parish Breaking off the powers of darkness. You know, coming against the curses of the past and the present. And actually decreeing God's plans and purposes over the parish. And you know, when we came back, I had a month before this meeting. The atmosphere had changed around church. From being a place where I was scared to meet anybody. There was a covering of peace. And without exaggeration... It felt the safest place on earth. And then we came to this meeting. 
And 500 people, 250 in the parish hall and 250 in the school. Uh, part of my role as rector is to open a meeting in prayer. And I did that and we said the Lord's Prayer. And 500 people said, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. And I've had multiple conversations since with people. They may, may not even say they're Christians, but they said the atmosphere shifted when we prayed. And everything changed. And of course, we won by a majority and the project went on and God's blessing has been upon that church. You see, each one of us are given a measure of the authority from Jesus to step into. Occasionally, you hear and see people overstep the mark as if they can destroy the works of the devil throughout the world as if they can come against every demon that there is. And actually, it's going to hit them hard because that's not their place of authority. There's only one person who's done that and does that, and that's Jesus, our Savior. But I think the reality is, more often than not, we do the opposite. We step back. Instead of putting on that armor in Ephesians 6, Instead of holding up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, we back down. We are, as Paul writes, raised up with Christ, seated in the heavenly places with Christ. That's our legal position. You know, it's a bit like in a marriage relationship. We're not literally there because we're literally here. But in a marriage situation, when two come together, bound together, everything belongs to them. What is ours is theirs, and theirs is ours. That's our legal position that people sign. And that's the same in heaven. We're seated in the heavenly places. That's our legal position because of what Jesus has done for us. We're united in Christ. His victory is our victory. And because of that, the authority we have in Jesus is there, and it flows out of us when we pray. This is who we are. And we need to see this from heaven's perspective. Not prayer earth to heaven, but heaven to earth. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus. This is who he is. But we're united in him. This is who we are. And he's given us this measure of authority to intercede, to pray, not only for ourselves, but for our loved ones, for our friends, for our neighbors, for our churches, for the ministries, for the, the areas that God calls us to, the circumstances, the situations that we face, the mountains that are before us. And you know, in one sense, the paradox of this is as we step into the authority that we've been given, in faith, the authority grows. And let me just finish with that. See, Jesus says here in this pas passage, have faith in God. How many of us here need to hear and receive that? Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you've received them, 
and you will have them. Have faith in God. And if this is, if you like, the heart of it. You see, it's an invitation from Jesus. Not only to look at that unfruitful fig tree that Jesus cursed, but to look to the mountain on which the fig tree was standing and to move it. Let me just say that again. You know, the fig tree, if you like, represents that which is small in our lives. The little things that often get us down. The unfruitful things that hold us back. And obviously the mountain is that which is big. The invitation from Jesus is to not only look at the unfigful tree and curse it, bind it, break its power, but to look at the mountain on which the fig tree is standing and move it. Just let that sink into your own situation and what's going on. And such authority comes when we grow in faith. When we learn to trust more. When we really believe that we will receive the very things we ask for. You know, the disciples may have not been able to calm the storm, but they learned. And so we read in Acts 3, when they're coming to the temple to worship, there's a crippled beggar at the, the gate. And they say, silver and gold have I none, but what we have, just get that, that authority. What authority, the measure of authority we've been given in Jesus' name, I say to you, get up and walk. The measure of authority and the faith that turns this fig tree, if you like, into a mountain and it's cast into the sea. And I think this is where we come to the tension between the promises that we read in Scripture and the practical outworkings that we see in our lives. Faith. Trusting Jesus. Have faith in God. You see, Jesus saying, it's not for a moment, it's for a lifetime. It's a life commitment. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In other words, don't allow the world's mindset to distract and influence you. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know, we need to stand firm in faith no matter what. And the beauty and the power is that as we are more conscious of Jesus, who he is, all authority is his, and as we are more conscious of who we are in Christ, seated with him in the heavenly places, the ground around us is ripe for us to grow in faith and see his kingdom come in greater measure than we could ever imagine as we step out in prayer. You know, a little sign is that one acre of land next door. As we've prayed in faith and we've seen a miracle unfold before us let me just bring this talk to land and I want to finish by giving you some practical tools that you can take away as you do this authority prayer 
Just as I do this, maybe think of a situation the Holy Spirit has placed on your heart. A situation that you're longing to see change. A transformation in someone's life or a situation that has burdened you that you want to see changed. Four steps. Four steps for you to take. Step number one, reminding yourself this is who Jesus is. All authority belongs to him. So when you pray and you start this prayer, Jesus, all authority belongs to you. Step number two, this is who I am in Christ. I'm seated in the heavenly places. My legal position is with Christ in the heavenness. I can see this situation from heaven's perspective rather than earth's perspective to heaven. And the difference is I'm not crying up there. I'm looking down and I'm seeing the way ahead. This is who I am. Step number two. Step number three. This is the measure of authority, Jesus, you've given me. The one who lacks nothing and there's no limit to the authority. This is the measure I have. Because actually he equips us to pray into every situation. He gives us that measure all the time. When he places something on our hearts, we have the measure of authority to deal with it. And step number four. The choice to step out in faith and stand in accordance with God's word and to see the mountain move. Step number one, this is who Jesus is. Step number two, this is who we are. Step number three, this is the measure of faith. Step number four, we are going to trust you, Jesus, with all our hearts. Let's stand together.